Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 95, and today we'll be talking about the Dybala presentation, uh, quite the spectacle that it was in Rome yesterday. It's just Brandon and I tonight, Jimmy couldn't join. So Brandon, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, I wish I was in Rome to have been a part of that that crowd to, to receive um, Dybala. I'm sure that was for both, you know, player, obviously we saw the emotions that Dybala had, but for being there in the crowd, you know, you're, you're uh, part of this massive gathering of people celebrating this massive signing um and giving it the you know it's just dessert so that would have been cool to be a part of but overall doing pretty good yeah ten thousand people i believe was the estimate that turned out i believe it was in front of fendi headquarters they had the light show they had the, the pa guy from the stadium calling out the the number and name like he does after a goal or in the presentation of the lineups i mean you mentioned it the look on dibala's face i don't know if he knew what he was getting himself into yeah, I don't. Yeah, it seemed like he was like, "What the hell did I sign up for?" <laughs> but um, no, it, he seemed he seemed very excited, and it was it was just funny because um, it had uh, it, it it resembled you know a, a music festival, and the headliner is getting out to perform his set, and he's coming out of the crowd roaring, and it just had, it had elements of that. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly we we've been talking about we talked about it last week marquee signing for Roma. You know what is what do you think this does? This kind of presentation show other potential not this summer because you know he's the big one this summer, but maybe next summer even if they're trying to bring in another star. What does this show about the club and about the the, the tifosi really? I mean, it shows about the the club culture. Yeah, I mean, if you look at social media, the reaction to the presentation almost unanimously was like, wow, look at, you know, all these Romanisti um, and how they celebrate their star players. And I think for, for future markets to come, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know that we'll be bringing in uh, players of Dybala's stature regularly, but for, you know, even if you're a tier below that, 
or even if you're just a run-of-the-mill player, you know that once you ingratiate yourself to these fans that they'll adore you. Yeah, I mean, I, I put out a tweet yesterday when I saw the video, and I, I said something to the effect of, this just shows like how starved for that star player Roma's been since really the Totti retirement. You know, De Rossi was toward the tail end after he wasn't like a, a flashy goal-scoring type player. Pellegrini and Abraham are growing into those stars, but this is like to another level, right? Dybal's an established star, biggest signings in Spati Suta. I, I stand by that. And probably the biggest star in terms of his recognition around the world since Totti, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think the key there is he's Serie A proven. Um, unless you're Ronaldo going to Juventus where, you know, you have five Ballon d'Ors under your belt already. I think a good bit of fans would be skeptical of some of these players' ability to make a transition unless you're a true household name. But with Zabala, A, he's that, but B, he's also proven it in the league. And so when you combine those two things, that's the that's the kind of reception you're going to get. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he even had that Toti-esque selfie toward the end. I think he's had to capture the <laughs> moment for himself. And it was it was kind of like that same angle as uh, Toti had in front of the Kurovasu during that big derby comeback. And, you know, it, the, there's always going to be those parallels when uh, thing, moments like that happen. But it is a big signing. You know, I've been reading Totti's book. I'm about halfway through now because I finally was able to get it on Amazon here in the States, the translated version. And it just, as I read, especially when I read about the season of the Scudetto, and I'm not saying Roma's a Scudetto favorite by any means at this point, you just kind of see some of those parallels with Capello, Mourinho. They had that first somewhat rough season in terms of the league position. You bring in that star player, and it, it all just feels like the people are just waiting and waiting. And I could only imagine, you know, the Conference League victory, the the celebrations were were pretty raucous because Roma hadn't won in so long. I can only imagine if Roma wins something bigger under Mourinho, the the type of atmosphere the city will have. Oh, if we get somewhere close to that, I'm booking a one way ticket to Rome, and they'll figure it out after. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Well, I I wanted to ask, do you think on the heels of this move and with some of the rumors we have? Um, turning out do you think the majority of fans are expecting a scudetto push or you think that the expectations are still top four i think the expectations are still top four maybe top three i think the midfield i think most people recognize the midfield still has to be reinforced even uh people that i've I've seen on twitter that really started following the club because they're Mourinho fans even they recognize that Mourinho's going to need a little bit more they don't want to put those kind of expectations on him because I think if the expectations are there, then the season looks like a failure. If Roma doesn't win the Scudetto, I think, I think everybody's cautiously optimistic, I think, but I think minimum minimum, even if they didn't sign another player in the midfield, I think uh, you have to figure top four is the bare minimum. We kind of talked about that last week, but Scudetto I think is a bridge too far to say we're on the same level as Inter right now. We could talk about some of the other teams, but I, I think it's, Definitely top four, maybe push and see how it turns out and see where who else we sign. But definitely, I think cautiously optimistic, I would say, is probably a lot of the fan base in terms of table position. Yeah, I think that that's where I'm at, too. I think if we're, we're all aware, Mourinho has a three-year contract. And I think if we're keeping that timeline in context, I think Scudetto year three is maybe not so out of the realm of possibility anymore. But I think for this year, at least, top four secure that champions league place and then with the money that comes in maybe you do bring a another Dabala caliber player to to get you that scudetto push 
Yeah, that could be it too, because the Freakins are showing, we'll talk about the Mercato in a little bit, that they're willing to spend the money. Um, some of these signings are very frugal, you know, because Dybala is mostly salary that I think they paid the agent 5 million or 10 million or something, which is not a lot of money compared yeah. to a transfer fee. But if they have that revenue stream to then spend the money a little more freely, I, I could see them really, if they think they're there and Pinto Marino say, you know what, we're this close to a Scudetto, it wouldn't surprise me to see them bring someone in because the, the ambition is there. It was, and it was evident in the press conference yesterday. I mean, I would have loved to see what Dybala would have said after the, his introduction, if the presser was after, right? Because he probably would have been really amped up, but there were a couple of key tidbits that we're not going to go through the whole press conference because we could be here for, you know, two hours, but uh, a couple little quotes here and there, if you pull them out, that it kind of speaks to the ambition of the club. It started with Pinto, you know, introducing the player as it usually happens. The DS or general manager usually introduces them with a little brief, you know, thing. And then the player starts to get asked questions. But the one thing that stood out to me at the end of Pinto's quote was about a three, par- three, four paragraph quote. He said, for us, it's a great pleasure to have a player of his caliber here at Roma. His arrival shows the credibility and ambition of this project. That stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they know what they're about and they've been operating as such. And it started with Mourinho's hire and it's continuing with the Conference League victory and Davala coming in. And so I think, and I think part of the presentation, I think the presentation yesterday kind of speaks to that quote a little bit, just in terms of this is what this club is and this is where we see it going. And, you know, this is concrete evidence that we're getting there. And so, um, yeah, this is just firing on all cylinders from the ownership group in Pinto. Yeah. And, and credibility is a big one. And I think that's what the Dybala first Mourinho, of course, because that's a big signing in itself from the, the coaching standpoint. Now, uh, Dybala gives you that credibility. I think, I think that was the perfect word from Pinto in terms of how other people see Roma. We know they're ambitious, the freakings. We've kind of been talking about that, but I think Dybala brings that credibility where, you know what, Roma's serious. They're not just they're not just, uh, you know, bringing in Mourinho and saying, here, win with what we have here. They're bringing in the players to support the project and, and his ambition and the freakin's amb- ambition. So I think that's important. You know, the, the interlinks were strong throughout. Uh, he was actually asked in the press conference about if he felt betrayed by Inter. And he said no, not at all. And he talked about having a good relationship with Morota. But the one part of that quote I found interesting was that he said a lot of teams were in contact, but then at a certain point, the general manager, meaning Pinto, came to turn and a lot of things changed. So for anybody who says, you know, Pinto's young general manager doesn't, you know, have a lot of maybe credibility that someone like, uh, I don't know, a Pepe Marotta would have, he clearly must be able to sell the project and the, the club to for Dybala to say a lot of things changed at that point. Yeah, it sounds like he's operating like um, Alec Baldwin's character in Glengarry Glen Ross for those who have seen that movie where it's just, you know, always be closing, getting your man. And um, I think, I know a lot of people that aren't Roma fans will probably be like, oh, you know, Roma were second, third choice, entered, went for Lukaku, and that's the only reason why Roma got Dybala. But um, from what we know, the uh, the reported release clause or termination clause, whatever you want to call it, of 20 million was on the table for all the teams. And that might have scared off an Inter or an Napoli, whereas Quinto saw it as an opportunity to swoop in and get somebody to, as you were talking about, further add credibility to this project. So, um, yeah, he's young, but he's, he obviously knows, you know, once to strike when the iron's hot 
Yeah, and speaking of the release clause, I it, it was interesting the way it was structured. Certain teams have a higher release clause than others. Teams that might really come calling. I think like Inter's release clause was higher than the twenty million rumored, and I think so was Milan and a couple others. Um, so that was interesting, and I think uh, I think a, a little bit coy on Roma's part to say, you know what, if other teams come calling, we're going to make sure we get at least a little more than. Uh, what other people might expect and guess what anything they make on Dybala besides the agent fees it's all plus Valenza as they called on the right. so and and that would have to be Dybala also wanting to leave right we've seen teams try to activate release clauses in the past and players say no I'm, I'm sticking around so it doesn't necessarily mean he has to leave if a team comes calling it really depends on how he feels about Roma and the project and whoever's calling at that point in his career and if, if he thinks it's best to move on yeah, and um, when you have presentations like yesterday um, and the full court press from the front office on down to get to get to Bala, it goes a long way in showing him how valued he is and how valued he's going to be. And at a certain point, I'm sure players that that's very important to a lot of players. So, um, in terms of keeping him around, you know, there hasn't been a misstep yet. Yeah. He was asked about, you know, his his position. Does he see himself as a second striker playmaker and how important was his phone call with Jose Mourinho and convincing him to join Roma? And I just want to read the, the full quote because it's just about two paragraphs, but I think it says a lot about how Roma approached this and how Dybala is open to doing whatever is best for the team. He said, as far as the first question goes, I can only say the decision will be down to the coach. I'm sure that based on each game, he'll find the best solution for me and for the team. I'm ready to play in both positions to play wherever I'm needed. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with whether Pellegrini's playing or not, or being rested a certain match, whether he plays in the playmaker or second striker role, you know, that goes without saying, I think. But he said, in terms of the call from the coach, it was a real pleasure. The first time we spoke, it was along with the general manager. Then one day he wrote to me out of the blue and we spoke once more. I've had the pleasure of meeting the club president and his son. I spoke with the general manager. I knew a few of the players. I would say that the call from all of them, the affection they showed me was really important to me. So, I mean, you said it before we came on, full court press. Yeah, yeah, uh... Dan and Ryan rolling up their sleeves and uh, <laughs> getting face to face with the ball is pretty pretty cool. Um, and then in terms of you know where he where he's playing on the pitch game to game, we saw last season that Mourinho is not afraid to to kind of move some pieces around depending on the opponent, depending on availability. So for me, I'm not really worried about where he's at on the pitch. And then it we've talked about it a bunch, but. The allure of Mourinho is still alive and well um, among current players, even yeah. if certain fan bases are ready to to knock him at a moment's notice. And so, um, you know, I'm glad we have him. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he proved last season he's a lot more than a, a, a name of the past who's washed and doesn't know how to adapt anymore. He adapted with Roma formation-wise, like we talked about all last season, won a trophy I'll beat a third tier European trophy. It's still a European trophy for a club that hadn't won anything in, in over a decade. So he's still there. He's still got the pull of the players. That is clear. And um, the, the interesting thing about everything was that when he was asked the question, he said, the first question I had for the coach was about where we are going to be aiming to win. He said, I like to win. He likes to win. And here there are a lot of players who have won major trophies in their career as we continue to speak, the coach and club both really got across some of the factors that you guys will have already seen. And I think this was important too: the professionalism with which the club is working on things and the enthusiasm and energy that is there among the players and everyone who works for the club, the knowledge that the coach has had has, and the confidence and belief the players have will be very important to keep improving and pursue the targets we have 
I will always try to give my best and pass on all the experience I've picked up over the years so we can continue to win. Um, I think the professionalism part is important because under Pelota, it didn't always feel that way in the media and in the way the club was being run. Yeah, and um, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but back in the Pelota era, it always felt like there was a caveat to bringing players in in terms of, yeah, we'll get this guy, but somebody you like is headed for the exit door as mm-hmm. a result. And um, that's certainly not been the case here. I know um, we'll get into the rumors a little bit, but with a lot of the players we're linked to, and all of them in particular, um, I think a lot of us were under the impression that it's dependent on players leaving and that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case if um, rumors prove to be correct. So that's another thing um, where the professionalism stands out compared to the Pelota era where, um, you know, get your business done and let the chips fall where they may. And you can work on two fronts simultaneously. Yeah, that's, that's, that's for sure. You can definitely do it. And I, I agree because even with the out, the whole way the whole Allison situation was handled in the prior administration, right? Oh, Allison's not going anywhere. Liverpool comes with a lot of money in, in a briefcase and there he is, he's on the next plane to, to Liverpool out the door. So yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Pelota, you know, it, it seemed like uh, that cartoon wolf that, um, you know, smoke is in the air and it carries him off to the bag of money and that type of thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ali, Alison gone, um, Salah gone, that bag of money is floating in the air, but um Freakin's definitely on a operating on a different plane. Yeah, and then just one, one or two more things that stood out. One thing that stood out to me as well was that he said, um, in terms of the dressing room, he said that he will try to con- contribute as much as possible inside the dressing room as well, especially considering they're a young squad. I'll try to use my experience to help the team win and also help us stay positive and focused during the tougher moments that will surely come at points during this year. So that to me shows that he's not there just for the paycheck. He's not there just to pad his stats to get a move elsewhere. He's looking to be an integral part of the team. One of the leaders of the team being that he's now 28. So he's now more of a veteran. Um, Not there's not too many Bonucci's and Chiellini's in the dressing room. Like he had at Juventus. It's, you know, Smalling Patricio, maybe are older than him, but he's one of the older players in the team now at 28. Yeah. uh, When you have a baby face like that, you don't really uh, (laughs) think of him as a 28 year old, but um I think we all saw the emotions that he had when with his last game with Juve, just tears pouring down his face. So it's clearly somebody that invests a lot into the club that he's at. And so if we can get, you know, even 80% of that emotion and dedication from him, I think that'll go a long way with some of these younger players. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Zaniolo in particular. I think um, if he can see somebody like Dybala coming from Juve, bleeding for Roma, um, it kind of speaks to the whole grass isn't always greener on the other mm. side. Sure, sure, you they might be his childhood team and whatnot, but you can still build a legacy here. Um, you know, if you put it into effort. And I think I think what I think Dabala has the potential to to do that. Yeah, I think that's a great point because he's coming from the team that was targeting Zaniolo. And even though they're probably not going to come back around this summer for the kind of money Romo wants now is Firmino being linked for a much lower price. They might come around next summer again, right? When, when Zaniolo might be left one year left on the deal, if he doesn't sign an extension, but if he sees the and, you know, he sees the thriving here, that could influence his decision as well. Like you said, and 
just uh, on Juventus, it was brought up about how things ended with Juventus. He did say they had an agreement ready to sign in October, but the club asked him to wait. And then in March, he was told he wasn't going to be part of the plan. So it wasn't a financial issue, as many have said. So I, I think he wanted to clear that up on his part, just to kind of show that he's not all about the money. He wasn't, you know, oh, wanting more from Juve. So then they decided to part ways. It just seems like Juve wanted to move on and move in a different direction. And their loss is hopefully Roma's gain at this point, I think. Um, and then he was asked, of course, about the number 10 shirt at the end. You know, he said that the number 21 is also very important to him from wearing the national team. And when he first started winning with Juventus. So that's the number he wants to, to wear to start winning things with Roma. Um, he said no one knows what the future might hold. But he's very happy to wear the 21 because he has a lot of respect for the player that wore the 10 before. I'm obviously referring to Toti without saying his name. So I, you know, number 21 will look good carrying a trophy in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, personally, I wanted him to take 10 from the get-go just to rip the bandaid off of that, you know, uh, the aura of Tati. I think the longer it goes on, uh, the harder it will be to feel for somebody to fill those shoes. And I'm saying that it's, you know, Tati's far and away my favorite player of all time. Um, but I think coming into a new team when your stock is as low as as low as it is because of um, your lack of game time, whether it be because of your injuries or contractual situation, I don't think he needed to have any more pressure on him. Um, and you know, two years two years time, if he's propelled Roma into consistent Champions League qualification and they're right on the edge of the um, you know knocking on the Scudetto door and it seems right from all parties to give him the 10 shirt sure let's go let's go that route but I think I think it's very um, um, you know it, it's wise on, on the part of Zabala to, to hold off for now yeah I think so I think yeah uh, he, he doesn't want to rub anybody the wrong way I think right out of the gate, even though he has a lot of support of pretty much all the Tifosi at this point, maybe some might have taken it as a little bit of a, a, a arrogance move or something on his part. So I, I have no problem with him. And, you know, like I said last week, 21 is my favorite number. I wore it playing sports growing up. So I'd love to see someone make a, a reputation of Roma because I feel like every year there's very few players that ever have the 21 at Roma. And they're usually like, I remember Von Kier had it at one point, the Frenchman who wasn't there very long. There aren't, aren't too many who uh, wear it. Oh, that's a name to, from the past. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember who else. I think there two might've started with it or something. There was someone who switched uh, who started with 21, but nobody really um, making a legacy with it. So I hope for, for my sake, someone who maybe wants to buy a 21 Jersey at some point, maybe it'll be a Dybala. Uh, with some success <laughs> yeah um no yeah i, I think uh I, I, have you ordered it yet no i haven't yet i'm waiting to see what the white one looks like i'm waiting i'm biding my time I'm trying um, to see i'm i i ordered mine I, I mentioned it before but i had ordered mine day one of the announcement two days ago You'll get it when you get it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> Might not have it for match week one at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hopefully he brings a lot of success in the Roma kit and it is a purchase money well spent uh, for you because, you know, jerseys are hit or miss sometimes. I have, you know, the Totis, the Rossis never lose their their luster. I wrote a piece a while back about how the one non-Italian player I bought for Roma in, in a real long time was Pjanic. 
and he was out the door the next, I think, Mercato. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got, that, I got a Nangalan one, and I think it was, like, a year or two later that he was gone. <laughs> and at least Nangalan left with, like, a legacy. I don't know. Pjanic kind of rubbed people the wrong way out the door. He went to Juve, so. Yeah, now he's paying for his sins at Barcelona <laughs> on the bench. So. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of players that have left, players that are incoming, let's do a little bit of a Mercato talk uh, to finish out the episode. So, the big one right now is uh, Gigi Wijnaldum from PSG, formerly of Liverpool, uh, is very close, according to reports. Nicolo Skira saying that it is down to the last details just about an hour ago. Here we're uh, recording Wednesday evening in the United States um, with PSG likely to pay about half of his salary, which puts him in Roma's wage structure and uh, a loan deal, I think. I don't know if the final details, if it's a option to buy obligation that kicks in with, I think top four qualification with some of the rumors I saw earlier today. So what do you think of this when Haldem deal, if it does get over the line here? Cause he seems, and the other thing I saw was that he has other options, but he is the preference is Roma right now. So he is waiting on Roma before he goes and negotiates elsewhere. Cause he's got the agreement with Roma ready. Yeah. I mean, I, Personally, I'm not a huge fan, but I think that's more so down to the Liverpool connection and, you know, uh, (laughs) my bias against them. But uh, in terms of the move itself, I think it screams uh, Mourinho cosign written all over it. Mm -hmm. And I think in that department, who am I to argue against that, especially with the results that we've seen thus far. Um, So I'll be optimistic. I think we still need that true defensive midfielder at least a younger profile than Montage um and this doesn't necessarily fill that role but with the Fertesi deal looking a little shaky I think and with several midfielders bound for the exit door I think this is a smart smart investment um especially with PSG covering half of the the wages and uh I think it's a report of 10 million um option to buy yeah i think that's what was floating around right so for that price i think i think it's worth pulling the trigger on and we've seen um he's he's a little bit of an older profile but we've seen time and time again players coming from the premier league to um serie a and doing very well for themselves so hopefully this i i could see this falling in that camp more so than it not working out yeah, I think this has Mourinho's co-signature written all over. Like you said, this is not this is not a player who would have considered Roma prior to Mourinho. I don't think even now that he's maybe lost a step, the pace of Serie A seems to fit these players a little bit better as they get to the tail end. I mean, Smalling's been a great success. Mkhitaryan was. There's there's other examples through the years uh, in other teams, and I think this could fit that profile. It gives Roma another veteran in the midfield. Um, fairly young team like like Dybala mentioned so a guy who's been around for some winning with Liverpool and then was in PSG's dressing room last year so I think this move is only happening because Mourinho wants it and I think we have to trust Mourinho at this point right he's he's the man yeah yeah and um, also important aspect is the player himself seems to want this you see him uh, you see you see people on Twitter posting pictures of Ronaldo liking every single yeah. ball post <laughs> and all that stuff and um i'm not i'm not sure that the reaction will be as um excited as it as it uh was for Dybala, but i think it's it's a another important move and if he wants to be here then you know come on board 
Yeah, and I think that's the important thing too is that the it just builds the enthusiasm. A, a player who's got a good a pedigree wants to come to Roma, wants to join Mourinho, and it just builds that momentum heading into the season. We'll see if on the field it translates now that he's, I think, 30 going on 31. But whether it does or doesn't, just shows that the Freakins are ambitious. I, you had mentioned that it doesn't require a player to go out the door before we bring him in. So many times in the past, we've seen players have to exit before we can bring someone in. And this isn't the case. Again, it's another low-cost deal. If things don't go well, he's back at PSG next year. If things do go well, it's $10 million plus a, a couple of years' salary. So I think uh, a, a shrewd move on Roma's part to try to bring in a player and maybe refine his best form. Yeah, and if it does work out, um, it's kind of a signal to other players out there on the heels of Dybala joining and Wijnaldum joining. And if Roma get some level of success with the two of them, it's like, oh, wait, you know, I know Mourinho is this legendary coach, but maybe there is something to go into play for, for, for him still. We see players time and time again talk about, oh, yeah, Pep gave me a call and I had to go to Man City and um, didn't think twice about it. And so when we have some of these players doing the same with Mourinho, it'll just be easier and easier to attract these type of players as time goes on. Yeah, exactly. It becomes like a domino effect in, in a sense where, okay, this, Dybala wanted to go, Tammy wanted to go, another player wanted to go. And it just, it's not just like a Matic who's played for Mourinho so many times that they just have that good relationship. It's guys who don't even really have that Mourinho connection or now want that Mourinho connection. I think that's important too. Uh, you mentioned Fratezzi. That front's been pretty quiet. I haven't really seen any updates in a couple of weeks. I just wanted to mention that. So uh, I don't know if when Haldem is the the end of the Fratesi links, or maybe it requires some other players to move out first and maybe Roma picks that back up. But negotiations might be tough from what I've read because with Skamaka going to West Ham and um, Sassuolo making, I think with bonuses over 40 million euros, they don't really necessarily need to sell. So that will be interesting to see if uh, the player is able to find his way to Rome or not. Uh, the other position is center back where there have been some links. Snezzi was linked. Zagadu was linked uh, on a free from uh, Borussia Dortmund last week, but now it's uh, Eric uh, Bailey of Manchester United has not played much the last few years. You watch more premier league than me. Um, what do you think of the Ivorian being linked probably as a, a depth piece that maybe could find his way eventually into the starting lineup. If Roma keeps playing the three. Yeah, I think that's what it would have to be. If he does come, um, if memory serves, I think he's just been injured a lot recently and um, came in with a lot of potential um i'm not sure exactly what i don't know if Mourinho was there when he initially came on and they had that working relationship already but even so we've seen with smalling that um you know that that pass that man you doesn't necessarily matter um it's more of a what have you done for me lately so i think in terms of uh bringing in a player to um to provide depth to the to the center back um rotation especially if we continue to play three at the back i think you could do a lot worse than taking on a flyer of a player, um, you know, coming from Man United. I, th- I know times are tough, big time for them lately, but still there's a, the, that's a club that attracts a certain type of player. And we've seen with Smalling that it, it can translate well to this league. So um, cautiously optimistic on that one too. Yeah. And it was Mourinho. I just looked it up who brought uh, Bailey to Old Trafford in the first place. It would be a reunion of sorts. So he knows the player well. And uh, from what Corriere dello Sport, uh, put out this morning he is pushing uh, for Roma to sign Bailey on loan so if they can get him on loan I would be okay with it especially if it's a if they're not selling Ibanez or Mancini or or Kumbala which it doesn't seem like they are at this point and he can maybe refine his form he's still just 28 years old 
Uh, could work out for Roma on the cheap. Yeah, and we saw with um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you know, came in is a nice idea. It didn't work out. Okay, well, back to Arsenal you go. And so if it's a similar situation with Bailey, um, I think it's worth taking a flyer on. Yeah, for sure. And I saw Richard Whittle tweet out who's uh, one of the he does, uh, you know, he announces some of the matches, he's a big Roma fan. And he said he spoke to some people who follow United. They feel like it could be a similar thing to Smalling, where he kind of rejuven, rejuvenates himself uh, in Serie A at Roma. So that would be, I think, the, the hope for Roma if it goes through. Now, those are the two big links incoming right now. Those would probably complete Roma's roster unless a lot of players move out. Roma is looking to move plenty of players out. I mean, I'll run through some of the updates and you could comment where, where you'd like at the end here, uh, Brandon. But we have... Uh, the Carlos Perez moved to Celta Vigo. The loan is uh, on hold because the club wants a permanent move. Last I saw this morning, uh, Amadou Diawara continues to turn down all moves. Uh, Jonas actually had a piece on our site this morning, pretty much what, what's next for him, because I read he could be frozen out Santone style. I think the problem is he's got two years left on his contract. Still a younger player. Don't know why he'd want to be frozen out of a team and not playing a, another season. Uh, the Jordan Vera two Marseille links have been around still, but not much going on in the last couple of days. Uh, Gonzalo Villar's moved to Monza, which looked like it was all set for a uh, loan with a uh, permanent move if they stayed up this uh, next season was ready to go. But Monza tried to change, I think, how much one of the, the fees was for the loan or the permanent part. So now that's on hold. And I, I just read recently that Samp is continuing to monitor the situation. Uh, Cloyver was linked with Marseille a couple of days ago. Now, recently, it was Fulham, Monaco, Torino being interested, but nothing concrete there that I've seen. Um, I did read that Torino was giving up on Max Kambula because Roma was asking for a pretty big fee to move on from him, which I think would be necessary. Cause I think if you were to sell him, it would probably necessitate bringing in like Senezi or somebody. So Roma's looking only for cash. And I don't think they really necessarily want to move on from him, but wouldn't write off for Sam with Ibanez was linked both to Barcelona and Real Madrid. Don't know how concrete those rumors were. And then uh, Vini linked to Feyenoord this morning. I saw on Il Romanista Eldor's agent had an interesting comment where he kind of left open the move of uh, left open the possibility of a move, but nothing, no rumors that I've seen swirling, but just that, that options there. So who knows if he's maybe being shopped. So what do you make of all these players still here? Well, with um, Perez and VR, I, I, they're, they're players that we need to get out, but I appreciate Pinto's stance on them where, you know, this is what you're paying. And, you know, that's that. And especially with Perez, because, Time and time again, we've seen um, players get sent out on loan that they need to get rid of, and then they just come back because these clubs aren't taking up the options to buy. And um, with Betis, I think he has a skill set that would be very valuable in La Liga, so if Gelta doesn't want to pay up, then I'm sure some club will come down the road and take a flyer on him, um, even if it ends up being a loan with an obligation to buy. Um, Cliver, I'm a little... I really wanted to see him work with Mourinho for a season and see if there's a player there that Roma could use, but he is also young enough where there's good enough resale value that he's probably, he was always going to be, um, you know, suspect number one to, to, to be sold. Um, and I think, um, Diawada, man, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't get I, it either. I, I understand you're making two million a year and you won't be making that much at your next club, but you're being 24, 25, you have so much earning potential to go. And if you can, you know, restart your career at a different club, even if it is at a lower league, um, quote unquote, 
I think it's worth, you know, maximum, you know, you're only a footballer for a limited time. So rotting on the bench isn't something that I would do, especially if you're frozen out entirely. I can't imagine how that feels um, as a player, but we'll see. Maybe it's just holding out for a specific team, um, but we'll, we'll see on that front. Yeah, very interesting. I, I, he is the the puzzling one, in my opinion, because he's had offers it, within Italy, maybe with uh, a little bit smaller clubs in the Serie A, abroad at Turkey, at I think it was Fenerbahce, so a bigger club, but a, a different league, different profile type league. So I, I don't know. If you want to stay in Italy, there's options. If you want to go abroad, there's options. I mean, you think you'd want to play. I think he's only 24 years old still, or 25 years old. Yeah, you want to, yeah, yeah. You want to get on the field. Um yeah, I, I think the one thing with Cloyver too, I was surprised he wasn't even called up for the training camp in Portugal a little bit. Um, maybe the fact that him and Pérez are both on the the market and they haven't really been linked to many wingers means we are sticking with the three-man back line for the most part. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we're going to wrap here. Hopefully by the time we're back next week, we have some some exits for sure. Maybe um, we have Win Haldem official and we have a center back on the way in and then we can really see what the team looks like heading into the season, which starts in just a couple of weeks. That's crazy. I, it was, it seems so far away just a few weeks ago and now it's right here, but I'm very excited because I've been starting to watch some matches regularly again. Yeah. The excitement is definitely building. We'll keep you guys updated. And then of course we're back with uh, the match day coverage when that kicks off in a couple of weeks. So stay with us uh, on the podcast, keep up with the site, kizitoti.com for all the, the updates there as well. And thanks for listening. Thank you.